Hello, my wonderful tea bags. That is the name I'm going for for you listeners, and I am sticking with it. I like it. And welcome back to episode 35 of the Comedian's Tea Party, taking a little break over Christmas. And, well, to be honest, there's a lot more going on than just Christmas. So some of you may or may not know at this point that I got married on Christmas Eve. So took a little bit of time off to do that. I had to sneak away and do that under the radar, as it were, but very exciting. Very happy about that. Uh, obviously, I talk about my wife during the episode with John Long. So, uh, oh, which is who is on, by the way. We have John Long, who, if you don't know who he is, look him up, because he is incredible. He's, he's a very, very funny man. We started around the same time. And he gave me some like, incredible advice really early on. He's one of the friendly faces that I first met so yeah it's just a great guy he's a very funny comedian does some incredible songs and well it's an incredible stand-up uh, outside of the songs but the songs in themselves are incredible and worth checking out so go and look him up on his social medias he will plug those at the end anyway back to the break so yeah obviously you know i, I started started a job a new job and uh, got busy with that uh got married got a kitten it's very exciting. That is very time consuming. That is part of why it's taken me so long to edit this episode because she keeps standing on the keyboard and it is absolutely adorable, but my word, does it add extra time. But she's lovely, so it's it's okay, I think. It's fine. It's good. It's good. She's amazing. As is my wife. It's It's been a hell of a month, so welcome back. I hope you've all been well. I hope you all had a good festive period and you're all not too sad during this, well, I don't know, what is it, the seventh lockdown now? So the episode, it is a really lovely one. It's a really, really good chat. We have uh, loads of fun. It gets a bit serious at the end, but it's still a, v- a very good chat, I think. We talk about various sort of dark subjects, but it's genuinely a, a really good chat, and I, th- I think you'll enjoy it. I will say straight off the bat, there is some bad language in the episode, so I hope you're okay with that. And if you're not, listen anyway and just pretend we didn't swear. You join us as I have some camera issues, as is becoming a, a classic side Eve's mistake. Something goes wrong with my computer. I've got a new computer, so that's great and it works much better and it's a lot easier to uh, to do everything on. But I just had to, there was some TV troubles, as there are with all new things. So we got there, uh, but about halfway through the episode, so the, the, the problem with the camera was that it kept going black. And I ended up finding out what it was and I fixed it. It's fine. We got into it and it's okay. However, halfway through the episode, the lights go out and you will hear me address that. And it's it's quite a funny moment. But just to let you know that that is coming up in case you're wondering what the conversation was about. Talk a bit about lockdown waffle, which leads to a story about waffling, which leads to us waffling because we couldn't remember what the conversation was about in the first place. So it's about waffle. That's what it was. It was all waffle. We talked briefly about my mum as a pinup, which is very disturbing. Never happened, and I hope it doesn't. Uh, I I love her. I love my mum. She's a lovely woman, but I don't want to see her as a pinup. That would be weird. There is a bit of noise at the end, and that is just my my wife coming downstairs at the end of the, end of the day, closing the curtains. But it's not a lot of noise, so hopefully not too distracting. Anyway, it's a really lovely episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'll give you some plugs at the end for social media and all the like. However, I will say now, if you want to help this podcast continue running, because obviously during lockdown, I've lost a lot of my work. So if you can help, I've got a Ko-fi page set up. So it's just ko-fi.com forward slash sideeves. Just go over there. And if you can donate any money, that'd be amazing because it would help me keep this running. And if I get enough money, then it will help me 
you know, pass on the editing to someone else and then I can concentrate on booking bigger and better guests. Speaking of, I've got some very big guests lined up. So hopefully that will be getting confirmed soon and then I'll be able to let you know who they are. But keep an eye on the Facebook page and I'll, I'll, I'll keep you up to date on there. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. I'll see you at the end. Yes, we're all good. We're rocking. Apparently, there's an issue with these cameras, it turns out. And uh, okay. I had to read through a forum to find a solution. I've done it. I've bloody nailed it. Yeah, you look good. Like a, oh, thank you very much. You look wonderful, as I as I previously stated. I needed to hear it again. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you can never tire of hearing that, can you? No, not really. It's not on, not on a lockdown day. No, absolutely. Cool. Right, and that is still recording. I'm just checking that because... Like, even with my last laptop, the sound, like, I had some issues with Cubase, and I generally sorted it out, but occasionally, um, like, I recorded with, uh, I'm sure my list isn't bored of me saying this now, but I recorded with Matthew Crosby and forgot to hit, uh, yeah, I forgot to, well, no, I didn't forget to hit record, I, I didn't set it up right, so, uh, you're yeah. joking. Yeah. How, how far into the interview did you About notice? 25 minutes. Okay, could be worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was very kind as well. We ended up talking for well over two hours in total. So, oh, okay. So, like, a, yeah, yeah. Did you did you have like a backup mic? You could so there's an initial twenty five minutes, just a bit worse sounding. No, it was just uh, no. yeah. He he ended up recording, but like the thing is, he offered to record his end right from the off, and I was like, oh no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, oh shit, I, I do this all the time. It's perfectly all right. And uh, yeah, it just turned out that that one recording because I'd gone to a studio and recorded uh, some drums. I'd set it up differently, and I hadn't set it back the way it should have been. So, uh, right. Yeah. So it thought you were a snare or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That'll happen. Oh well, I'm glad you got the last caught the last hour and hour and three quarters of it though. Yeah, it's really good. Really good chat actually. That uh, was very fun. So, how are you, man? Very good, thank you. I'm very good. I remember Matt Crosby went. I met him only once, and it was when probably at a gig that we used to do together. Remember that Liverpool Street gig, the Dirty Dicks one? Oh yeah. And he just walked past and he saw the comedy sign. He stopped and went, what's this, by the way? And we were all like fan, fangirling. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you should come and... We tried to convince him to come and, come and do five minutes. <laughs> He's like, no, you're all right. Very politely. He was so sweet. He's a really lovely man, yeah. And we were probably only like a year or two in and we were just like, oh. Yeah. But he was very nice to us. So I can imagine he would uh, be a good guest. Uh, but I'm good, mate. How are you? You got married. Yeah, yes. I did Sweet. get married. Yeah, you're the first. Uh, you're the you're the first with me as a Mister. Really? Well, previously, God. I feel very honoured. Yeah. I don't know. What is when was the marriage? How, I thought it was a, when. What time? The uh, marriage wedding. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> when was the marriage? It's it's all relevant. Christmas Eve. Oh, fabulous! Yeah. How many people were in attendance? Ah, uh, just just us. And yeah. and yeah, so there was us, the registrar. Cool. And then we had to have two witnesses, one of whom was the photographer, who uh, he may listen Clever. to this. I don't know, yes. but the, he, the, it wasn't good. The photos were bad. But the, the wedding itself was absolutely lovely. 
wedding photos are, are seldom good, though, are they? Most people complain about the wedding photos being <laughs> being shit. As far as I, yeah. I don't know that many people got married, but almost all of them complain about the wedding photos afterwards. Yeah. Usually because they hire someone who, like, is like their cousin or a family friend who has like quit their job and decided to follow their passion of photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ha- but hasn't yet discovered they have no natural aptitude for it. So yeah. it's got a great website and knows how to do the watermarks, but that's about it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so. the, the, the session ended when he asked uh, how my wife feels about being lifted. <laughs> she was like, no, <laughs> no, no, not for me. <laughs> now, here's a question. And let me finish. How do you feel? That's an interesting question. Well, good, good. I'm glad that uh, you were surrounded by loved ones, like this stranger photographer man. And yeah. But did you did you zoom it or anything? Or no, it? no. We took some uh, took some selfies when we got back to the hotel and, uh, and sent those on, which was just as good. It was very oh. brief. It was uh, like so. It's uh, sorry. I'm just going to take my tea bag out of my tea. Tea admin in this podcast, I'm sure, is takes priority. Oh, absolutely. Have we started, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all. This is all staying in. Is this the? Oh bloody hell! Even my talking shit about wedding photographers. Yeah, I'm gonna edit the the first bit so that uh, all the nightmares are in as well. Oh right, I thought you were just getting levels. I would have been more interesting if I'd known. No, <laughs> no, no. At least ten percent more interesting. Um, that's the beauty of this is uh, you never know quite when the conversation has started. It's like a gorilla thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sneak up on you. Um, wh- what's your wife's name? I don't think I've met her, have I? Ah, well, yeah. No, haven't met her. No, her name is. But there's a basically she doesn't like her name being sort of put out publicly, so I I'll bleep out her name so you can hear it. Her, her, uh, yeah, it's Dave's now. You have to bleep out a bunch of times now. You said it like three times. Yeah. I'm gonna just keep peppering the interview. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Our people do that. Yeah. As soon as I let them know, I, I should stop telling everyone really. But well, I, I won't say her name. I'll just say uh, yeah, Mrs. Dave's. I guess. Yeah. So she did. She took your name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good name. So you know, solid. It's a weird name. It's, it's Is it weird? It's quite a good name. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it gets misspelt and uh, mispronounced a lot. It sounds like a way that a, a sort of a modern young person would say "devious" in kind of their language. Yeah, like he's a bit, he's a bit devious. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think make take it, run with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's useless, but uh, I like it though. It's not weird. It's, it's, I suppose you're the only devious I've ever met. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. There's not many of us. I'm the only. I say that I, I'm I'm the only side Eves. Obviously, my name is is Simon, but there's <laughs> like I think there's a scientist called Simon Deves, and there's a a woman in Canada who I think her name is Jackie Simon Deves. Uh, oh, okay, which is odd because you know Simon. Simon. Deves. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So it was like a last name. She got married to a guy called Saint Deves, and her oh, name was Jack Simon. Maybe. Oh, that never occurred to me. I always just assumed it was a because uh, it's not hyphenated or anything. I always just assumed it's a middle oh, name. Yeah, are they usually they usually hyphenated, aren't they? If it's double last name. Yeah, I um, think so. My mum's name is Jackie Deves, though, so it's really weird. Jackie Deves is particularly good for some reason. Yeah. Jackie Deves. Jackie Deves sounds like a, a pinup from the seventies. Was she? <laughs> I don't know. Oh God, no. I hope okay. not. I, <laughs> yeah. No. In the, in, you know, uh, I love my mum, but I wouldn't like to see photos of her looking raunchy as it were no my 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 mum we used to go on holiday every year with two friends and there was one year they they all saved up and they went to where did they go las vegas i think it was or somewhere and it was in one of the hotel lobbies or whatever las vegas very glitz and glamour all these different things you can do one of the sort of things you could do was get your photo taken and they'll make you look like 
all these they photoshop you and make you look oh, like yeah. sort of a, a Baywatch or I don't know what it was but it was the three of them uh, and they looked like they were like the Dixie Chicks or something but with very revealing sort of skimpy outfits sure and it, but they looked quite convincing in their faces and she pinned it up on our corkboard at home and all my my friends would come by and be like oh your mum's pretty <laughs> and I'd go it's not her <laughs> oh, she's full and then and then they'd behave really differently around her and they'd be like oh Mrs. Long and she loved it and I was like it's not her yeah but uh, yeah, so I, end, I can I can understand why you wouldn't want that. It's a burden. Yeah, yeah, it's not something you want to crop up in your mind. I know, and that was a Photoshop one. Imagine if they were real. Oh God, yeah, that'd be upsetting. Would anyway. Yeah. Sorry, you're not you, like you said. When you're going to start recording, you're going to let me know, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I started recording ten minutes ago. So. Fuck. Yeah. This. this um, you know, you you already asked me that. This whole thing's staying in. I know. I'm only kidding. That was yeah. That was me trying to do a callback. Oh, I, I did see. It dryly. You it's very it was... funny. <laughs> yeah it turns out callbacks aren't just you can't just refer to something that happened a little while ago there has to also be some element of humor to it never quite gotten the hang of this comedy bullshit uh it doesn't matter it's all over right um yeah. but yeah well have congratulations you... anyway my oh, main thanks. point congratulations on the old, the old wedding there yeah have you uh have you been gigging by the way talking about comedy being over i did a little bit over christmas and a few sort of like work do's weirdly oh yeah Zoom and stuff like that and teams yeah so straight but strangely fun a lot of those because i hadn't been enjoying online gigs really yeah so i took i took them all a bit reluctantly but yeah, they were quite fun actually yeah, quite good. yeah. i don't i didn't do my first one until october something like that oh really and, you were, uh, you were, i yeah. suppose i suppose it's a bit different i, I do songs so it it feels yeah. slightly different like i can i think like if you're a one-liner or you know short form jokes feels a bit weird doing it to the boys, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's sort of even easier, maybe, uh, like one-liners and, and that sort of thing, because you can say it and it's gone, and then you move on to the next one. Whereas yes. I, I might do a, a three-minute story, and if, yeah. you know, like if you haven't know, got the energy or the feedback of, uh, <laughs> and you're about 30 seconds in, you're thinking to people, uh, is anyone listening? That it, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's really off-putting. It would throw you off. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Sometimes they do have feedback and sometimes they have like, you can see them. Yeah. Uh, this one had a real audience. It was lovely. Wh- which one was it? It was for um, Rock the Attic. Okay. Do you know that? Know. A gig in Banbury. No. And uh, he's got, he's okay. got a few. A guy, a guy called Ryan Mould. Lovely guy. Okay. And uh, yeah, really nice gig. Lovely. So they had them and could you hear them? Yes. So yeah. It was all right. So, so it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. No, absolutely. it was really lovely, actually. It's it very enjoyable. I can see how they might be less enjoyable. Like really early on in the first lockdown, uh, I had Amy Matthews on and she was doing the stand one. And someone tweeted her afterwards. Like, I, d- I don't think they would have had a live audience for that. They may have. But uh, yeah. someone tweeted her afterwards and said something like, if I'd paid for that and been to see it on a weekend then I'd be like, I'd want my money back. And their point was like, yeah, but if I'd done this, <laughs> like over a webcam at a weekend club, I wouldn't get booked again. Like that's, yeah. It's a completely different scenario. If I'd bought this for a car, I'd take <laughs> that car back. It's not, it's not what you're talking about. Yeah, it's because people expect, the early ones were really shocking. Yeah. So even, the, even people like The Stand, whatever, no one had got the hang of it. No one had worked out. I think everyone tried to replicate what it, a comedy night yeah. and realised that doesn't work. I had one, one person that's, that said, um, can you record a half hour set 
uh, in advance oh. and, and record it like you're doing it in a club, stand somewhere. I did, you could use, feel free to use a mic stand, all this stuff. It was awful. And uh, and then they just played someone doing half, two people doing half an hour back to back. Oh, wow. It was just the worst. Did you do it? Uh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a whore for, <laughs> whore for the money. The yeah, you need the money. The, the drastically undervalued money. It was, yeah, not nearly enough for how much of my soul it took with it. But, um, um, I actually, uh, it could, uh, I'd suggest it could be worth listening, especially for you doing musical comedy. Um, hmm. David O'Doherty recorded his tour that he would have been doing. Is that during, in his car? Yeah, during the first lockdown. Yeah, he recorded it in his car outside his parents' house at like midnight. So he just realised it's the time to do it. And it was great. I know. I, I It was brilliant. And I think that's the key is that you... Um, You've kind of got to embrace the situation in some way. Mm. You're not going to replicate whatever. So he's always been quite good at that. Like his first um, special, uh, his first album was recorded in his like studio flat in Dublin. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's really hard to come by that album. It's really hard to come by. But and w- but what is on YouTube is a as a series. Yes, from very good. The, advent- was it the Adventures of David O'Doherty or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So so the the episode that that covers the filming of it or the recording of it is quite easy to find so you can watch the making of but it's actually like you said really hard to find the thing itself yeah. i'm desperate to have a physical copy of it so. yeah i emailed him a bit about it actually and uh he did not get back to me but okay good oh, i got excited <laughs> I thought, thanks for <laughs> dashing no. my hopes. well oh, he's wow. i was supposed to be seeing him in october in south end uh... like he, he was performing i mean and uh, i was trying yeah. to secure him like while he was in this area, I was t- trying to say to him, J- "Come, come on my podcast." And during that, I would have said to him, "Hook us up. I really want a copy of that album." <laughs> well, it's uh, I think he was, yeah, he was saying you could do. Oh, well, that's just made me remember that tours used to be a thing. Well, <laughs> I, I went to see him not my last birthday, but the birthday before. I went to go and see his tour show on my birthday as my sort of birthday oh, treat because I just love him so good. My girlfriend came along, and how interesting is this? A lot I've heard a lot of people go, "Oh, I like his songs, but not his stand-up." My girlfriend loved his stand-up, but didn't like his songs. Really? Yeah, isn't that interesting. She that said I found interesting. him hilarious. His stand-up didn't like the songs. Yeah, because I yeah I know quite a few people that say, "Oh yeah, I like his songs, but his stand-up sort of leaves something to be desired." Yeah, but I would say certainly in recent years that, that his stand-up has also got better, uh, as so. have his yeah. songs. His songwriting's improved with it because. On not the album that he's just done, but the last one that he recorded in front of a live audience. Like the songwriting yeah. on that, the pro- chord progressions and that sort of thing, were much more advanced than anything that's been doing in the past. And he's an incredible musician, but it's just nice to see him sort of incorporate that. Yeah, because he's got that background, isn't he? His dad was a jazz musician or whatever, and yeah. I think he sometimes had hidden that because I, I think with musical comedy, people, you don't want to be too show off your musicality. Yeah. Unless you're like Tim Minchin and you can really yeah, you know, yeah. show off. <laughs> but most, for the most part, it doesn't vote. Whenever you see someone actually trying to sing with music, it doesn't quite work. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's always better when it's a bit shit, weirdly. So he's been hiding his light under a bushel for a, a few years. And, and, and that's probably now is like, do you know what? Sod it. I'm going to put in some yeah. complicated chord progressions. But he's, yeah, he is brilliant. I, he was one of my big, big influences. Yeah, same. But I don't do... <laughs> Musical comedy, but like, nevertheless, like he, uh, well, his stand up was a big, but you're a musician and a comedian, yeah, right? yeah, so that's true. Like James Acaster's, there's quite a few comedians that maybe haven't combined the two, but I've got a sort of foot in each camp, haven't they? Yeah, people keep saying to me, like, why don't you, because I'm primarily a drummer, people keep saying to me, why don't you try and do something 
with drums and we're like what though <laughs> i don't know well it's interesting like i i did a musical comedy course at angel oh, okay and it was in the between lockdown so it was a bit sparse and, and socially distanced you know right. everyone was in a different corner but one of the people who was on it this woman lizzie she her, her sort of persona on stage is as someone who's lived her whole life being a, a shy, retiring, quiet, let the men do their thing woman. And she's decided, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to be the loudest person in the room. Yeah. And so she is that, goes, is that her persona or her actually? Well, it's it's definitely a part of her turned up. She's actually probably has gotten over that shy retiredness, but she yeah. plays up to the fact she's. But she definitely. It's interesting, actually, because she's, she's very shy and she gets very. Uh, a lot of stage fight, but I only know that because she's told me that. Oh, because okay. on stage she looks very controlled. She's an ex-teacher, so she's got that facade of confidence. But, right. But she's that's her whole persona. Is I'm not going to do this anymore. But it is a part of her. Uh, and she goes, so I've got this drum, and so she brings out this drum on stage, and she's like, so I'm the loudest one in the <laughs> room. And um, she does a few bits with it, like she did guess that tune, which is quite half the drum and things oh, like that. Funny. And, and uh, she did a few bits with it. And it was interesting, actually, just having a rhythm. And we were, But that was the big discussion we were having, is how do you incorporate drums? Not, not that many people have done it. A few people have had beats underneath things. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the early sort of, like, Lenny Bruce and all of those yeah, jazz yeah, yeah. comedians used to do that. And Mitch Hedberg seen a did a great one. Yeah, exactly. I think it, that's so... But it'd be interesting. There's, uh, is it Mo Gilligan? That's, he just had a, a special on, on Netflix, and that's like with yeah. a live band. That's brilliant. Oh, has he got one with a live band? I didn't see that. Mo Gilligan has certainly done a few musical bits. I've seen him because he did his... When I used to gig with him before he took off in Angel, he used to do the, the nursery rhymes, but his Rasta Dad version of the nursery rhymes. Yeah. And that was always a, it's a musical bit. So I can imagine he would. He does lots of music. He's very funny. He, lo- he does a lot of bits where he just says... And he used to just go... Hey, uh, he just, just had to indicate to the sound man. Hey, could you play that track, please? But it'd be much nicer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's worth checking out if you've not seen it yet, which uh, mm. evidently you have not. I definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just it's on Netflix. It's very good because I've seen a few people do that with like live bands, and it's not quite sort of gelled. But he's obviously worked with them sort of a great deal and like got it all worked out. It's just yeah, it's real nice. I love that. I love I love the mixture. I love when people try the hardest to put together a show they don't care about what camp it's in it's just like let's put together a yeah you know, the best thing because that's can. often the thing that's something that i've considered in the past as well uh where it comes to writing shows is you sort of you, you get in that mindset like you know i'll be trying to write material that will work in clubs because that's generally where you're going to make your money but it's not necessarily what you want in a show you know you want a show no. to be a show like a whole a, a piece not just sort of club set yes it's cobbled together yeah so i find that interesting to go right i'm doing a show here's the concept bam yeah to to try and do the two entirely separate from each other i think a lot of people try and straddle both and then yeah Yeah. like you said it's hard to get a balance but yeah i think if you if you can afford to i suppose a lot of people used to be able to do that once you've been going a little while i suppose you would have this this club 20 that you set in stone a little bit that's maybe evolving separately yeah, but you don't have to work so much on. Whereas I don't, me and you, we're at the development stage, so we're constantly going. Oh, I'm better than that material now. I need to constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get into a stage where you're like, okay, that's my corporate twenty that I'm going to sit back on for a bit. I can concentrate on the show and and relax and sort of put it to one side. Yeah, but I find it hard to just. Yeah, I'm gonna write. This is gonna be my hour. To set, start from scratch. Even though it should be a different thing, but I, the people that do it the best are people who just. <laughs> what happens is that you look at people like how did they do that and it turns out oh they've got rich parents and they, were, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, they didn't <laughs> yeah. have to work do you know what I mean yeah 
it's not it's not it's not a coincidence that fact it's because yeah. to have that level of creative license we've all got to think like you just did we've all got to think well, we've got to be a, a viable commercial entity as well at the same time yeah. if we want to make this our job because i'm exhausted it. holding down job and doing this yeah because I, I got made redundant from my day job uh during oh, the first shit. lockdown and, sorry to uh, hear that mate that's all right it's you know it's it's a bit shit but it's sort of it's it's working out to some extent, but I've just got a a part time job at Screwfix, nice, uh, which is pretty good. Like yeah. you know, it's, t- it's tied me over. It's a nice job, nice people, and, and all that. But it's still quite sort of time consuming, even yeah. though it's only part time hours. But yeah, it's exhausting as well. So like, I'm still trying to do other stuff, and my creativity has certainly gone down. But I need to pay the mortgage. So yeah, exactly, and that's why I find it really annoying when some people. Those people who didn't need to have those concerns and could just concentrate on their Edinburgh show in a flat that their dad bought them, yeah, making snipey comments about how they're the real art or whatever and, and real comedians yeah, yeah, are yeah. so passe and it really bugs me. Yeah, there's uh, also I, I don't I don't want to get into the sort of politics of it because it's, it's this is a fun podcast, but when <laughs> you see and like there's a lot of people talking about it in a minute on social media and that sort of thing where people are just talking about the sort of the Oxbridge educated gang who mm. are dominating comedy and don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're not funny because they are they're absolutely funny and they deserve to be recognized as such but also they have got that advantage because they've been sort of elevated there by the the money that's sort of backs them yeah you know enough. i think so i think it seems to be though that that is i complain about it because when i first started it comedy was rife with that kind of person um very privileged and doing very well for himself and being very up their own arse and, and lots of hard-working, working-class comedians, but not getting recognised. It just seemed to be... I'm not calling myself one of those people, by the way, but from an outsider <laughs> looking at, uh, sort of in the middle, it's interesting seeing that it just seemed to be starting to redress the balance a bit, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's looking good for the future, because it yeah. should be, because it's the, it is, should be the most meritocracy, cause, because you don't need any... Like a band, you might need some money behind you. Yeah. If you can, you don't need anything for stand-up. It's just you, isn't it, you know? Yeah, like anyone you just need the time to be able to do it. That's the, the yeah. time to do it, and actually, that's getting harder in London, isn't it? Now that you have to be like bringers and stuff, and well, yeah. Actually, I suppose now it doesn't matter. Who knows? No, no. Who knows what will be left when the dust settles after this? Hasn't risen as an issue in quite a long time. So no, I would happily do a bringer now. Yeah, I would happily consider it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it for three seconds and immediately retracted that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I stuck with consider it. I wouldn't do it, but I consider it. Yeah, would... That's good. Yeah. I'm going to pour more tea. Yeah, go on. What have you got? Tell tell me about the uh, tea. I've got because I. You described yourself as a basic bitch English breakfast lover. Yeah, I've always just. I never drank tea growing up, and my mum always drank coffee, and I could hate the smell of it, and just never tea wasn't around. And I went to university, and I thought, oh, I'll try this tea. Yeah. And I remember trying it and not liking it. And I didn't like it for ages until this guy who was in my halls made me this kind of, I guess it's like an Indian tea, but he made it on the sort of, sort of mini saucepan almost. It was so milky and creamy and sugary. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. That's what I like. Because I've got such basic taste. I love things milky and sugary and sweet. So I like very, very sweet tea. And I'm trying to wean myself off that. But what I really like is builder's tea with lots of milk. Very, very strong. Two sugars I've I'm coming down to one, but two sugars ideally. So this is slightly fancier than I would ever go for, but it is English breakfast. But this is the one it was. It's basically a loose leaf. So I'm trying oh, okay. to I'm trying to go loose leaf to cut down on the waste with the old tea bags. 
And so this is something that we got over Christmas. But this is the first time I'm trying it. It's fucking lovely, actually. Is it nice? It is very nice. Can you tell the difference between that and, like, what was your normal... Tetley's. Like, yeah, Tetley's, yeah. I can, actually, and I think that's probably a, a sign that maybe now I'm in my 30s, my palate's ever so slightly, because I wouldn't have been able to before, I'm sure. But it does have... It, I think this has got a little something in it. It feels a bit... Like there's there's another flavour in there that I'm not good enough at detecting flavours to, dis- <laughs> to, to work yeah, out what yeah, it is. Yeah. But they've, it's, uh, I can tell it's fancy. And I don't <laughs> often like fancy stuff, because I just think, oh, fuck off, just... Give me tetanus, but this is actually is all right. I like it. Yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking so because I'm, I'm sort of known amongst my friends for loving tea. Yes. Now normally I get sent tea from sort of various companies. That sounds like a brag. I suppose it is really. Um, <laughs> but in this particular scenario, because I'm running out of the tea that other companies have sent me, my friend bought me some. He uh, bought me a, a box of Wittard's tea. Lovely. Which is just loads of different flavors in there, and I'm currently drinking an English rose. Which is a black tea with flavouring. With uh, rose flavourings. Well, yeah, it's got like I suppose rose rose petals in it. I quite like uh, rose as a flavour. Yeah, it's nice. This is delicious actually. I like Turkish the, delight. So Oh, I don't like Turkish delight. And it often comes in rose. Do you know what? Well, I say that. I've I've not eaten it since I was in my youth. So maybe I'm maybe I like it now. Maybe. But I mean that's when you were in your key demographic to like it to be fair it's not it's not like yeah. olives it's not something that you you need to it's pretty kid friendly yeah. i've still not sugar. built up to olives actually have you not one could well you know no. there's something for retirement isn't it you know you're gonna hold things some things back absolutely yeah 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 65 i'll try olives and be livid that i didn't try them sooner i uh red, red dead redemption 2 came out i realized i needed to buy the next console up to play it and i heard all this stuff about it and i heard how good it was but i thought i'm just gonna lose my life to that and i've got gigs to do so i'm not going to buy that yeah. i held off for years and years and years and then lockdown happened and i treated myself to a second hand console which is now quite cheap and, and the game and uh it feels all the better for having held off three to four years yeah 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 so th- that's my olives all the, yeah yeah all the uh all the correct patches have come out by now and it's, exactly. uh, it's all running smooth and... oh it's beautiful yeah nice uh, yeah, this is described as, just to read the description because it's, it's odd, uh, a village fate tea for scones and strawberry jam with delicate flavours of glorious rose. Oh my god, a, a fate. I mean... Yeah, village fate. I like, it's real specific. It's so specific. Quintessentially, I suppose that taste and flavour is evocative and it makes you think of like little snapshots of memories and things, but fate, I don't know, I, I wasn't drinking tea at fate really, I guess. I suppose that's not, no. I'm, not I'm not the tea dip. The key demographic for that tea, I don't think. The tea demographic, I like that. That is. Uh... Yeah, that's fake goers tea. Um, yeah, the tea demographic. Well, should, um, should we try and guess who this is aimed at? By its, by its. This is quint- described as quintessentially hearty British blend. I think this is for for Brexiteers. It's all, it <laughs> keeps going on about how locally sourced and British it is. Oh yeah. And it talks about flourishing in the rich soil of humidity of northeast India. An aromatic South Indian Welbeck tea. It doesn't say does it. it say, but in, does it say tea means tea at the end? It doesn't say tea means tea. It talks about India briefly, and it doesn't mention that you know back when good old Blighty <laughs> was in charge of the government. It seems to be uh, restrained, but no, it's pretty nice. I mean, it's fancy as fuck. This is way fancier than I would ever have. I mean, yeah. this, this what, is a kind what, of tea that you need to be on a tea podcast to crack out. You need like a yeah. reason. Who makes it? Oh, I don't know. It's a. Dalesford Organic Farm in Gloucestershire. Oh, sounds go. delightful. What um, what what sort of how many episodes have you in? 
You are number three. Oh, right. Okay, I'm gonna do the intro. Are you fucking kidding me? With thirty minutes in. <laughs> This all oh, no, this is all it's it's all still staying in. This whole chat is, but like with uh, I can't remember who it was. There was someone the other week. I think it may have been Ignacio Lopez, and oh, yeah. I didn't do the intro for that until the end. Oh, that's all right. So yeah, You're so a it's been worse. Kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, hello and welcome to episode thirty-five of the Comedians Tea Party with Side Eves, with me, Side Eves, and this week I have got the wonderful John Long. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah, it's weird saying hello this far into a conversation, isn't it? But Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I feel like I've only just warmed up. If you wanted to start from now, I'd be more than happy with that. <laughs> I think I've said very little of, of value or, or work. Yeah, I've, sure. Have you found this? I've just found like I've, I find it very hard to talk to anyone who isn't my girlfriend or the postman now. <laughs> yeah. Like I've got it down between those two and, and I've kept that going. And But anything else, turns out it is a muscle. And I keep going yeah. to talk to friends. And the first 10 minutes is us both... I keep going halfway through a sentence and going, I don't know where I'm going with that. Like, I've genuinely forgotten how to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the the best thing about this podcast. Like, you're the first one this year, but you know, you, everyone takes a break, and I've been working and getting married and that sort of thing. So okay. uh, I've, I've I've been busy, but <laughs> like last year, I think this podcast was the only thing that kept me able to hold a conversation with people. <laughs> and like even now, I, I struggle with words. Like I just forget. I I was uh, I don't think I was verbose per se, but I was. You were more concise than you are now, is what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've all got that sort of lockdown waffle. <laughs> it's terrible. I found. I mean, I I was verbose to begin with, so it was already a yeah. problem. Yeah, mate. I feel yeah. But so this is helping. I feel like by the yes. end of this, I'll be ready to actually record a podcast. By which point, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be all over. And uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be too late. Everyone will have this impression of you. Yeah, but this is but podcasts are quite ephemeral, right? They come and they go. They don't last forever. I think. Sure, they? absolutely. Yeah, this uh, it's like Snapchat. I actually put this up. It lasts for a minute and delete it again. I had a mate who, well, I say a mate at school. He, it, where I grew up, you didn't really have a choice of mates. Like there were so only so many people, so you had to kind of put up with people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like for example, in my, my friends of circumstance. Yeah, there were there were there were ten no twelve people in my. Um, year at school in my primary school oh wow so we were we were grouped together in years and one of the boys there was only five boys one of them was a guy called richard simpson and, we, and he was a real character famous for being like a meisner he was so tight even as like an eight-year-old he was like <laughs> he, he had the sort of attitude of a six-year-old yorkshireman in a in a Amazing. little eight-year-old boy in lincolnshire and he one time in, in in secondary school he got really into computing and he was really into he was a bit of a nerdy guy nice guy but he was famously very tight and he wouldn't ever borrow anything lend anything and this guy Greg who was really lovely said I'm trying to learn C++ and Richard went oh I've got a whole book on that one of those dummies guide to it and he went oh mate can I borrow that and Richard went yeah of course you can and we were blown by this it was the first time he ever agreed to lend anyone anything in the history of the world and he came in the next day with this book and I mean C++ I know it's programming language whatever the book even the dummies guide was the size of two goblets of fire you know and (laughs) he gave it to him at the beginning of the day and we were just like I can't believe it we thought it was bullshit and he's actually done it and then uh, at the end of the day we were all walking off and then we just he just felt tap on his shoulder he went can I have that book back <laughs> and he lent it in for the day at school like, uh... I was meant to learn programming language in, in your sort of fucking lunch break I love incredible. it incredible but there you go so oh, that's, that's the, so equi- it's the equivalent I'm sure to whatever the fuck you were just talking about I, I, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know where that story came from. It was, but I liked um, it. It was, uh, I guess, the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, I don't know. Again, I can't 
reiterate enough how much I've forgotten how conversation works. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it was related to that. It's just forgetting how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it had a point, I swear. <laughs> oh, right. When I'm editing this, I'll go back and, and I'll, I'll obviously hear the point. The, uh, the, the point stop. would have been something about <laughs> being expected to do a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. What were we talking about that could that could apply to? <laughs> Let's work backwards. Let's, uh, you know, like follow the breadcrumbs. Uh, no, don't worry. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. No, no idea. So have you been working during lockdown? Yeah, I was quite lucky in that. Yeah, I kept, kept, I had I had a part-time job, which I've had for six years now, and I've managed to Is keep doing it. Is that the recycling plant? Exactly, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's with a local council in, in London and they have an education team who they hire to go around to schools and do assemblies on waste and recycling and natural resource right. consumption and stuff. And then we can't do that at the moment because obviously we used to do tours and schools. And so we're doing it all on Zoom. Oh, OK. It's been quite good, actually, because schools are set up for that. They've got all these interactive whiteboards and they're very, you know, it's going to be tricky in lockdown. We're going to just we're doing some home learning stuff. But, yeah, I've been lucky. I can't. You know, I know that. Uh, so I've been able to keep doing that, which has been good. Yeah. Because that sort of TIE type things. Like, uh, what's, what's TIE? Theatre and Education. Oh, where you, yeah. Where you're going around doing like plays. And... It, it isn't quite like that, but I know the kind of... we. I've been in... I know the, the kind of thing you mean. I, yeah. Not, yeah, I know some people that used to do that. It's not that, no. I right. fuck it. <laughs> I, I, I had a mate who did that once, and it sounded like the worst job in the world, that. Hey, yeah. kids, here's a little play about why bullying's wrong. And then all these fucking kids just looking at you like, fuck off. I remember, what was, was it, was it uh, League yeah, of Gentlemen? tell us how wrong it is. We'll kick the shit out of you in the, yeah. <laughs> the playground. What was the League of Gentlemen group called? Oh. That took the piss out of that. Um, Legs Akimbo, was that him? <laughs> something like that. It's fucking yeah. mm. Amazing. I don't do that, no. I just do assembly. I do school tours yeah. of a tip, basically. Do do your song. I don't. I do do a song though that sometimes. Song. Yeah. For the little ones, we do a song, but I don't do that one. That, for the listeners, that is how I know that John works in a oh, uh, yeah. recycling plant because he has a he has a wonderful song that I've never seen quite so many people get involved in that song, and I've seen it's it's it's, it's quite impressive. To to yeah, it's good good sing. I think sing-alongs are are uh, underused as a resource. Yeah, I would have described it as a sing-along a moment ago, but I forgot what they were called. So. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's very. Sad. It's what lockdown has done to my brain. <laughs> yeah, what were you? What were you grabbing for? It's one of those great uh, uh, voice, 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 uh, <laughs> communal, communal hum. The uh, yeah, the 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 hum a with, hum a with. It's a good hum a with her, and it's uh, it's a nice <laughs> ring to it. No, it, it I, it's weird actually. I've done it. For, it's a long. It's the oldest song I have. But it's one of those ones where it it, it works and it, I, I quite like it. I, I went for a period of hating it. I keep doing it. But all my friends who have known me a long time fucking hate it now. Cause they've just, oh, really? Yeah, because they've just heard it too many times. Yeah. That's the nice thing about sort of you know, stand-ups is that even when you're gigging together with someone, like you'll probably gig with that person. You'll, you'll, you'll probably gig with them like three times in the space of about four weeks and then you yeah. won't see them for six to 18 months. I know. So, yeah, I, I still like it. <laughs> yeah, nice. you've had a breather. Well, I went to the time we gigged together. It was a long time ago, probably now. I think what it was Angel. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, if I remember rightly, there was you, uh, Yuriko Katani, on the night that I feel like she had a TV thing going out. 
Ah, okay. Vaguely rings a bell. And uh, yeah, some other people. But yeah. Ooh. That was a, that was a well, nice UK's view. great. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I need to get her on this actually. I th- that same night I uh, she loves asked bubble you both tea. to come on it. Does she? Yeah, I remember that being her in Edinburgh. <clears throat> we were doing shows with the same sort of roster thing, so we saw her quite a lot of different events when we were getting everyone ready. And she was always carrying a bubble tea. It's her indulgence, oh. she says. It keeps her going. I've, uh, I've never had it. It's quite. Uh, it's very. I love it because it's super sweet. It's good for yeah. me. Super sweet and milky, but it's got them weird. Have you ever had one of those uh, fish oil capsules? Oh no. Um, it's like no, that, it sounds like, awful. <laughs> things that look like them, but they're not fish oil. But that's the consistency of them. Right. But you pop them, and they're actually sort of like I don't know, lychee flavor or something like that. You know. Oh okay. Don't know what the hell they are though. It's no. like it's like chewing a lot of fish eyes. Yeah, that, in your mouth. Yeah, it sounds nice. <laughs> it sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> what a wonderful textual experience. Yeah, sounds great. I've just realised, by the way. Well, I say just. I realised about ten minutes ago that uh, the lighting in here is obviously almost directly above me. So, like, my neck is really dark. You've got a real weird contrast on my face on that camera. Yeah, I mean, it's it's framing your face quite nicely. Yeah. There you go. Just not as well as I'm doing it there. Like I'm in, doing in the Vogue video. I like it. I like it either way. It's a lovely fetching jumper. It looks sort of a. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, it looks like I would find that itchy. But if you could get away with that and you've oh. not got the sensitive skin, go for it. I've got very sensitive skin, but it's not at all itchy. Well, then you need to tell me where that's from. Primark. Well, you need to go throw yourself in the sea for supporting such a terrible institution. I'm only joking. Yeah. I'm only joking. I used to shop there. And just... Yeah, a lot, lot of my clothes are from Primark, to be fair. No, me too. That's all yeah. we can afford. This is the thing I've been talking about recently, is that like I have to give all these talks about how you try and be ethically uh, consumerism and responsible consumerism and buy out your waste, but you're just priced out of being environmentally conscious or ethical sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, can tell, I can tell rich people from Clapham how to do it. I can't, <laughs> can't do it that myself. Well, you can yeah. really with charity shops, but for a lot of people anyway. Yeah, it is tough. I'll tell you what, though. My mother-in-law got me some uh, bamboo socks for Christmas, and mm, they are good. a revelation. They're great, aren't they? Bamboo and hemp, I think. All those fast-growing things like that is it's always really good. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. yeah, they're super soft. Yeah, very, very soft. It's weird, because, like, you know the IT crowd? Uh, did, did, did you watch the IT crowd? Yes. Like, you know the episode with the living bra? No. Uh, like I missed an episode. I thought there was only about ten. Yeah, Moss, Moss invents a, a bra and they take it on Dragon's Den. I don't remember that one. And the, the molecules in it, inside it like keep moving, but they keep moving to the extent it sits on fire. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, no, that is uh, ringing a bell now. Yeah. But I imagine that the idea behind that is what bamboo socks actually feel like because they... There's no friction with them. They're lovely. They just they they move with your foot, but like they they don't stick. They don't stick in a shoe. They're just sliding. Up. Oh, it's lovely. You know how a lot of podcasts now are sponsored by people, and they don't. They just do sort of placements. And yeah. They sneak them into the middle of podcasts. Yeah, I'm going to stop talking about bamboo you, socks until no, someone's. Just, is that what you? Uh, is that what you were doing? No, it's not. Just no, sound, but it's, it's a good you're point. Just that passionate. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll write to some bamboo sock companies. Because you're passionate about it, you know. You're doing this all pro bono, and and that already sounded pretty convincing. So (laughs) I think you should be getting paid for it. I'll I'll cut that bit up and uh, and send it to him as a soundbite. So this is what you could be getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just imagine if you would pay me to do it. My word. 
Exactly. Talk yeah. about them. The bamboo socks is great as well because they have an air of cheesecake in that kind of Peter K way to them. Do you know what I mean? Like bamboo yeah. socks when you give them to your dad, you know, at Christmas. Yeah. Bamboo. Well, that was that's the thing. Socks. A friend of mine was telling me about bamboo boxes, and they would say like, "Oh, they're incredible." Pleasing to and say. I I remember thinking, wooden socks, like wooden boxes, like what? That is wood, isn't it? Clog. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I remember Billy Connolly talking, doing a routine about how he used to, his mum used to knit his, well, not his mum, sorry, but whoever it was, his grandmother or whoever, knitting him his swimming gear, you know, so his swimming trunks were knitted wool. And I just assumed it was a joke because of the way he told it, and it, like he was exaggerating, like it was hyperbole. And then he, I saw a documentary about it. He was like, yeah, and then of course we had our <laughs> woolen, and then it cut to a picture of him and his brother and sister in these woolen. <laughs> And I was like, of course, they were all the rage at the time. And there's a picture of all these kids in Scotland what? in the 60s wearing fucking woolen. Oh, it's just fucking That's nuts. unreal. I can't imagine they a not worse all shrink? material. They sh- yeah, exactly. And they take on water. So he said they're just yeah. sort of bagging around. It was, yeah, it's quite, quite something. So bamboo boxes. Well, um, actually, now that you... I've tried bamboo socks, I can imagine are delightful. But you're right. You yeah. wouldn't immediately want bamboo anywhere near your genitals, would you? Sharp and pointy. No. Awful. That sounds unpleasant, but I bet it is delightful gorgeous yeah have you seen dave the tv show like from dave the rapper uh no i've seen it now i know i know of it but i haven't seen it yeah it's worth watching i my mate had told me about it for ages and he's just like oh you'd love it and i'm like oh yeah okay and people get turned out about a lot of things and then i'll watch it and i'm like it's awful it was brilliant it's very very funny and uh it's on iplayer so it's worth uh you can go check it out but there's uh, a moment in that where little dicky the rapper has to take it's I think it's like the nephew of some producer that has to take him to a market or something right and it just gives him like loads of money and they find these wooden shirts <laughs> and like these guys have carved <laughs> these wooden shirts and they're awful like they're just sort of solid wood and they like walk around wearing that and that's what I thought bamboo boxes were going to be <laughs> just right. solid sort of like Pinocchio style pre-transition yeah. Pinocchio yeah exactly yeah yeah well, yeah, uh, they 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 blew my mind when I first got mine. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is the the world we live in. Well, because oh. socks is one of those things where I was, I was trying, basically I was trying to say I was, I was trying to avoid. Doing, I was doing that thing where you avoid buying new clothes for a year, see how easy that is, and it's pretty yes. much it's so easy, impossible, except for socks. Cause you just don't. That's not what you want at a charity shop, is it? No, 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 no. No, slightly better than pants, maybe. Do you know, I don't even... Yes, it probably Not sure. Is. Yes, yes, it is, ever so slightly. But really only ever so slightly. Yeah. I did watch the thing um, Inside the Factory. Have you seen that? No. TV show? There's obviously... I, I keep talking about TV shows, but it's been a long lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> like, what else have we been fucking doing? <laughs> watched a lot of TV. There's a series where they go inside, like, various factories and show how things are made and that sort of thing. And they were making socks. It was in a sock factory. And they were talking about, like, all the, all the different sort of, like, microbial socks or whatever it is like all the like different types of sock that do different things for your feet so like you know they all make the promises of like this will make your feet stop sweat smelling or whatever and they said on that that your feet produce more bacteria than like anywhere else on your body but it's just the thing like that they naturally do that and you need that them just to... gravity is that just the maybe the yeah bad things just scatter there yeah <laughs> it's the nearest exit well there you go but, that, uh, well then it, then it, they're worse than boxes is what you're saying to share yeah. Well, to buy yes. secondhand. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And yet the market for secondhand socks and shoes is huge. I know for people, socks, really, I know is some, it? I know, I know someone who, they got their way through university that way. 
There are hey. a bunch of perverts online who will buy ladies' shoes oh, yeah, and, and right. socks, and the sweatier the better. Yeah, in that um, sense, yeah, no, I, I have heard. Because there's uh, in Japan, she was a sorry. BA, she, sorry, my girlfriend's sister was a BA flight attendant, and right. she had these shoes which she'd been wearing, and they'd been her work shoes for absolutely ages, and she was going to throw them out, but she decided actually someone, her mate, pointed out to her, these have got visible specs saying you could get a fortune for these. <laughs> and she put a picture of them and they just look like they look like they've been worn for thousands of hours on your feet. And this person was like, they got the bidding war happened. Jesus. So if you want to make a bit of money on the side, I'm sure it's pretty easy to fake that. Bit a few tea That's... tea bag stains on some shoes yeah. from Primark, you could make a make a fortune. Yeah. Well they've got they've got vending machines for it in Japan, haven't they? No, like yeah. used panties. Oh my god. Like, I recoil saying the word panties in general but uh yeah they've got that is got vending machines for them in japan like they just buy them and sniff them and i suppose you ideally want vending machines for items you're too embarrassed to buy from a a, a teller or yeah so it makes sense but you know you know when you like your 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 bag of crisps get caught and you have to oh yeah (laughs) and you have to go and complain to the guy yeah you're not gonna fucking bother are you with that i mate, i put i put my pound in this machine and uh these shit-stained knickers are stuck. <laughs> oh, what God. service do you call oh, this? I just made myself feel sick. <laughs> it's awful. You see, what they have in this country uh, with vending machines, I noticed they threw up in like Clapham Junction things, were all these um, flowers. And there's 24-hour flowers on the go. And oh, was, yeah. And it was marketed. And I, and I was trying to work out how they were marketed. Why, and I was like, why do you need 24-hour flowers? And I realised it's for people who are coming home, last train home, that didn't tell their husband or wife that they were going out. Yeah. Or they, or they said, I'm going out for one after work, and they're coming over yeah, at 11. Yeah. <laughs> and they thought, fucking hell. This all, you know, sort of apology flowers. So that's, that's we're apologetic and fuck-ups, and they're perverts. Uh, you can tell a lot from vending machines. <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, now I've got, I've got a couple of tea emergency questions in a sort of homage to Richard Herring's emergency questions. <laughs> Are you allowed to just blatantly rip it off like that? Well... I feel like you can. It's close as, to this. Uh, Matthew Crosby pointed out to me, like he hasn't got the he doesn't have the monopoly on questions. Like you're allowed to ask questions. That's true, uh, actually. And I and he also said to, <laughs> I because I, I, I phrased it and uh, and started sort of basically excusing myself for Stuart, and he was like, no, just call it an homage and it's fine, or just don't bring it up at all. So I probably shouldn't have brought it up, really. But yeah, I've got, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It, it, it would be yeah. It's, it's it's a tried and tested interviewing technique, the old questions, isn't it? So okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why fuck with it? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got tea emergency questions because obviously exactly. tea, so it's relevant. Now, some of these are based on tea. Some of them are not. Okay. But regardless, they're questions that I ask and I like them. Now, I've already asked uh, your favourite tea. That was Tetley's. Now, do you like uh, do you like Dunkin' Biscuits? Yes. Big yeah. fan. What, Big what's your go-to fan. biscuit? Hobnob. Ideally, yeah. a chocolate milk chocolate one, but milk chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've got. I'll take it. I'll take anything. I've got a cupboard where I always have at least two packets of milk chocolate hobnobs. Oh, just so good. Just or Asda's own. Yeah, well, I'll take that. The same. If it's if it's oaty and it's got chocolate on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, nice. Also, have you ever tried those biscuits? I lived with some Australians once, and they brought had a care package from one of their family, one of their things from home they missed, and one of them was these biscuits. I can't remember what they were called now. Tim Tams, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and they're a bit like a penguin, I guess, but a bit. But there's a bit more of a bit more chocolate in between. And the the, okay. the thing you do with a Tim Tam is you bite off 
adjacent corners to it to it right if you can yeah. imagine such a thing so there's a hole at either corner opposite corner to each other and you use it kind of like a straw to suck yeah. the tea through and the tea goes through it immediately melts the middle and then you've got about five seconds to eat it before it disintegrates and it is yeah. the most glorious experience in the world well, Brendan Reese told me about that very thing, not with Tim Tams. He said about doing it with penguins. And I had in my fridge at that moment, I had some mint penguins and I was drinking a mint tea. So he's like, just do it. So I did it live on a podcast, bit off each corner of the penguin. And then he said, yeah, now just put it in your mouth and it will crumble. And it did. It just turned to like liquid in my mouth. It was absolutely incredible and tasted delicious. There you go. So, I didn't uh, need yeah. to explain it to you. You've already done it live on this show. No, but, uh, but l- listeners that didn't listen to Brennan's episode now know. Yeah, so, they've had an update. Yeah. It's an homage to Brennan's story. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. steal it. It's, uh, <laughs> it was with love. Yeah, much <laughs> like my tea emergency questions. I, I prefer uh, these to the emergency ones anyway. This is good. Oh, nice. Uh, well, you say you say that, that that they're about to take a weird turn, much in yeah. the same way. Have you ever tried questions. to suck someone's own <laughs> tea bag? No. Right now, the during a podcast the other week, my one of my guests told me a story about how he was getting a taxi ride from a, a taxi driver, obviously, and the taxi driver was telling my friend about uh, how he was a healer, mm-hmm. like a spiritual sort of thing, and his way of proving that was that he, he told him he could produce smoke from his fingers. And, like, my friend, it just he didn't believe it. And then when he got to my friend's house, he turned to him and just sort of pulled a face, strained, held his hand out, smoke came out of his fingers. Right. Yeah. Which led me to ask the question, right? Because obviously it's going to sort of, that's going to lead to ask a few questions. But that did lead me to ask the question, if you had to evaporate, what part of you would you want to evaporate first? <laughs> Um, good question. Uh, evaporate. I guess the head. I mean, when you say evaporate, do you mean so that it's just sort of can't be seen? But you're going. Are you going invisible, or are you just integrating into nothing? Up to you. Right. If I was going invisible, I'd say head first. So now, that... when I say when you say invisible, do you mean like just disappearing, or like evaporating into the air? Because that is what I'm referring to, like full on evaporation. But you will be invisible, obviously, because you you'll, you'll be a gas. Of yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess then I want the head to go, so my sentience goes. So I'd have to feel the what I can imagine is the excruciating pain of your body turning. Yeah, that's a pretty popular, pretty popular answer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's haunting. Think... It's a, <laughs> yeah. a thought. I think it was Matthew Crosby who said he wanted to go feet first, and then I said it would look like it's melting into the ground. Yeah, feet first would be um, the most dramatic, aesthetically the best looking. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think I'd selfishly go for the most painless option at that stage. Yeah, that's Cros- fair. Crosby's a showman to the end, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. What insect freaks you out the most, and is it because it has so many legs? <laughs> Uh, probably it has to do with the movement I think uh, more than it has to do with the amount of legs it's how they move yeah. and weirdly it's ones that are big enough that you can see how they're moving so actually yes. the, the really little ones I can write off as you know put them yeah, they my look mind. like a solid little yeah so uh, I guess it's stuff like cockroaches that freak me out a little uh, bit and yeah. things like that um I'm not too fussed about spiders. I'm sort of ambivalent, spider ambivalent, really. 
Yeah. Plus, they're not insects. They're arachnids. Oh, of course they're not. Insects. What is insects then? Uh, six legs. No. No. Um, no, I don't know, actually. I don't know what the uh, definition is. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. But spiders like, are fly, not flies are insects, legs. for instance, but then so are caterpillars. And, but flies, uh, is that because flies have six legs, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're asking questions that I don't have the answer Sorry. to. Sorry. Uh, relevant answer questions question. as well. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, I guess, well, would, uh, would cockroach count? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I'm Boom. pretty sure that's an insect. That's and, my, uh, my least favourite, I think. Yeah. That, now I should point out the second part of that question does allude to millipedes because I just assume that everyone is most freaked out by millipedes. No, I'm, I'm no, I don't mind that. Uh, they just move so weird. They do. Their move, legs are terrifying. But I, I feel like they're not suddenly going to jet out and get me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't Sorry, imagine. My... <laughs> right. That's not the computer that time. Uh, Alexa, turn living room lights on. It's just freaked out. And just turn the lights off. <laughs> what the fuck? Alexa, turn living room lights on. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Did I say that something weird. that sounded like Alexa, turn lights off? <laughs> no. Well, plus you'll come through my headphones, so it's unlikely. Oh, yeah, of course. That's weird. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, well. That's very bizarre. That was odd, yeah. I thought you were just having a power cut there. I realised it's the <laughs> 1990s, but there you go. No. Um, I think, you know, I'm slightly nostalgic for uh, power cuts, but then I feel like they're going to come back in a big way as the apocalypse draws on. They're on their way back, yeah. Yeah, big way. And there's going to be a lot of Gen Zers going, what? And I'm going to go, relax. I've got some candles in the cupboard and I'm prepared yeah. for this. <laughs> I, yeah. It's been a long yeah. time. Well, that's the thing. I think, I can't remember when the last time I had a proper power cut was, but all I do remember is that I didn't have a torch on my phone to get out of that. <laughs> Sort of awkward situation. Yeah, exactly. Back then, we were fucked, weren't we? Well, we yeah. always had we had a wind-up torch, which seemed like the height of super fire technology. Yeah. Um, so we'd light some candles, and my dad would be there going, oh, oh, yeah. like an old crank. But um, my fucking my dad's first car as a child is how old he is. He had a crank. Really? Yeah. And I was like, sorry, were you born in the? Is <laughs> that first? Is your dad Victorian? No, exactly. An old fucking Volvo with a wooden sides that had a crank at the time. Yeah, the old amazing the past. But yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I have got right. I've got one more question to ask you. It's a brand new one. Yes. And this was born of a, a dream that I had the other day because it it was I I don't I can't remember what happened in the dream, mm-hmm. but all I know is at about three in the morning I googled. What is the coldest that Julie Walters has ever been? What is the coldest that Julie Walters has ever been? Yeah, which is a weird question to Google at three in the morning. Uh, Also, I couldn't find the answer. But my question to you is, what is the weirdest question you've ever had to ask as a result of a dream? Oh, that's a good question. I'm glad you've said that, because while it was coming up my mouth, I thought, that's weird. (laughs) Well, do you know, I don't remember my dreams as much as I used to. But I said, uh, what's an appropriate, yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to remember the last dream. I don't know uh, the last question. I certainly, but interestingly, I do speak in my sleep. Oh, do you? And sometimes I ask and say things that 
give uh-huh. it, because I can't remember my dreams now. I don't know what they're ever about. But my, so my girlfriend yeah. often asks me random questions, like, oh okay, you know, off the back like, of while what you're I've sleeping. Said. Yeah, like because oh, I just ask, I just say some just such random shit to her. The other day she just said I, I just um, she woke up and I was on the corner of the bed just shaking her awake. And she said, what? and then and then and then you went, yeah, you're right. And then you, I just sat there and went, oh, yeah, and mumbled something to her, and then went <laughs> thumbs up, and then went back to bed. So I just will do stuff like that occasionally. So occasionally she wakes up in the morning and goes, right, what's what was the thing about the monkeys? And I've got no fucking clue. But apparently I told her about some sort of monkey convention I was going to, and yeah, they never make sense and and, and never particularly revealing. It's always sort of nonsense Incredible. words. It always sounds like I'm having a dream set in a sort of shooting stars universe. It's, it's always really silly and like it sounds like fucking Vic and yeah. Bob dreams. Sounds like fun. It's yeah, either fun or like terrifying. <laughs> yeah, depending yeah. on the aesthetic. But yeah, no, I, I, I haven't got a good question. I'm afraid. I, I, no, that's perfect. I, I, I like that as an answer. I'm, I'm going to find a way to ask that more succinctly. But that was uh, that was very good. I like that. No, I like it. I like it. Have you been working on anything during lockdown? Sort of, you know, creativity-wise. I'll be trying. I'm not so good at. I mean, it's good you've got this, isn't it? And like, uh, I like, I like, yeah. I like, I like to have a project that you can do regardless of where you are and and that kind of thing. Um, I've sort of been watching what people do on Twitch and the people that are good at that. And one of my friends is is very good at that and sort of trying to work out what to do on it. But in in lieu. Yeah. I haven't got an idea yet. So in the meantime, all I've been doing is just posting songs every now and then. Oh, okay. Just like Instagram and stuff like that. So just that's that's all I've, that's kind of what I've been doing to tick over. And I've also been writing. A, I've been writing a script as well for something that was oh, just cool. keeping me busy. That sitcom script or yeah, it's play not. Or? It's not a sitcom. It's it's a radio show. It's a, it's kind of like a magazine show. Oh, um, that's all about environmental issues, but uh, sort of co- comedy, but also just a sort of um, yeah, like I said, magazine show. So kind of trying to be like a bit of like an infinite monkey cage is to physics, science and things like that. It's kind of a bit like that for, for um, environmental stuff. So every every episode would be a different topic. This is in theory. It's not been commissioned. Nice. <laughs> it's got yeah. a pilot, but not a, a series. Um, oh, I mean, it's still cool. Yeah, exactly. Which is, keeps being postponed because of fucking lockdown. But, um, but they, Can that be heard anywhere? Not yet, no. It's, it's, it's in production still. It, and it keeps getting postponed. It was meant to be out on, in the end of February. And that's oh, okay. pushed till like April now, so because of uh, lockdown. So that won't be out until yeah, April, May, something like that, or maybe yeah. later. But worth, it's keeping me busy, keeping me busy, yeah. stuff like that. What about yourself? You've been uh, you've been writing because you've not been doing the online gigs. Have you been doing other sort of scripts? Yeah, or like I've that? I've written a couple of sitcom scripts. Oh, nice. Uh, n- nothing of which has happened with those yet. But I'm sort of I'm I'm trying to find the right people to send them out to, but. The issues that I've found with that is sort of a lot of the production companies and sort of anyone that I've like I've basically been going through and sort of looking for any like sitcoms that I like and then looking for the production company that made those and then sort of finding the agents that work for those production companies and trying to contact them and most of them say uh, don't contact me. <laughs> so, oh really? Yeah. That's interesting so, uh, because if you'd have done that story in the '90s, that would have been the story of your success when there was like yeah, yeah, yeah. ten screenwriters doing everything. That's probably how that's how Arthur Matthews and Graham Linehan did it, isn't it? They just wrote a random letter into the production company they saw at the end of uh, not the line of news, and they were like, oh, really? "Good scripts, come to London." Uh, and they put them up, and they put them up in a house, and this is like when Talkback just started, and like yeah. now you just think. Uh, the first question would be, how many followers do you have on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever it's, it would be. It's exactly so, that. Because the competition is just so high, so it's very hard to stand out now. I guess the best way is these competitions. There's a lot of those, isn't there? Yeah. 
I'm actually, <laughs> funnily enough, I'm friends to some extent with a comedy producer, oh, uh, like TV comedy producer. And like, I didn't realize sort of where he was on the sort of, uh, you know, what echelon yeah. in the uh, in the comedy production world. And Stuart Lee, during like one of his tour shows, like I watched it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I was, oh, fucking hell, I'm, I'm real whore for this. <laughs> I'm watching yeah. everything. Um, yeah. During his show, oh, yeah. he started talking about Colin Dench, the uh, producer, and I was like, "That's my, I know him. Like, I played music with that guy." And uh, yeah, so he's. It turns out he's done like all of Stuart Lee's stuff, like all the every TV series, including like Comedy Vehicle, Alternative Comedy Experience, yeah, like all those. And he's done his uh, like tour DVDs and oh. loads of other people. And he used to be Ross Noble's tour manager, and yeah, so he's because you're in he's, South, he's you're a big in South deal. End, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why. Because he recorded his last one in Southend, didn't he? That really nice theatre. He did, there. yeah. I used to work at that theatre actually. It was gorgeous looking. I've never, uh, never been there. I think I was due to play it, and it got cancelled. Uh, uh, doing a tour support for Chris McCausland. Oh, great! And it was my first time playing in Southend, and I was like, oh, I know people in South. I know you, and then my mate just moved out there. Oh, who's so, that? My um, mate Mark. He's a guy from back home in Lincolnshire. Uh, oh, okay. Who I grew up with, who I used to do like a. We, when I first started doing comedy, he was like my. Before I ever did stand up, me and him were both obsessed, and we did a podcast together that we, which was like a little sketch show, and it was totally just for us, but we took it to- so seriously. Like we gave yeah. ourselves a deadline, we had to do one episode a month. It had about nice. six listeners, but we took it so seriously, and it was like half hour. Like we were do- writing it as though it was a Radio Four sitcom that we'd been commissioned yeah, yeah. to write scripts and everything, rehearsals, and we did that for ages. But and then I said, oh, I'm going to go try and see stand up, and he sort of thinking about it, but didn't really want to. But he was the funnier of the two, and <laughs> but didn't have the motivation. <laughs> It's yeah. Away, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. My wife is much funnier than I am, but she couldn't get on stage. She's sort of she's not confident enough. So, which it's... is funny because I I have uh, always in sort of all elements of my life been not confident enough. But I suppose through doing stand up, I'm actually quite confident now. So it's really good for that. Yeah, I used because yeah. I used. I think it's it's not about being confident or not, is it? It's about wanting it enough. Because I hated. Yeah. Uh, even though I was in bands occasionally and things, I really didn't like the idea of speaking in front of people. So I never. Yeah. I didn't like, and I hated uh, uh, whenever you did presentations at school or you, it was your turn to read out the book in, when English class or whatever. I fucking hated that. So it is weird that I did it, but I think if you just want it enough, because I know some people who, yeah, like you said. Very shy, and you think, how did you ever take that first step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's good for that because you can make it work as well. Because that was that's your whole character. I don't know how much it is now, but I remember when you first oh, started, you really played into the sort of. I remember yeah. you rearranging everyone because of your the rearranging the audience because of your OCD and things. And, yeah, uh, so it's, uh, it's it's still quite similar. You've got to play up. To, yeah, it's, it's it's a funny, it's a it's a good comedy angle. Yeah, nervousness or anxiety. Yeah. It works for me. Well, I, I did a podcast with Stuart Goldsmith and I can't remember if it, if it was in the record or afterwards, but he just said, you're really good at being awkward. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people would sort of take offence to that. And I was just like, oh, thank you very much. That's really kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just sort of awkward with without the uh you know without trying and it's actually yeah. there's something to be said for making a skill out of it and making, <laughs> making it work for yeah, yeah like uh, oh, i was gonna say woody allen then but can you even quote people that are bastards you know bastards oh it's tough isn't it because that's the issue woody allen's stand-up that was, was what I was gonna, that was what i was going to talk about and i was really not talking about him as much as the fact that when he went, first went on stage he was really awful and it, it took a while before it worked and it's about being confident even when you're being 
you know awkward on stage you've got to sort yeah. of almost be awkward confidently and it's quite yeah yeah that's exactly it yeah but uh but, yeah uh, but that's exactly yeah. the stand-up can we keep that <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't even like the films that much but i love that cd yeah i think so yeah no it's brilliant that's it really i think i started listening to that before i got into stand-up as well no is that right i can't remember it was around a similar time anyway yeah 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 well, no it would have been just after actually just after i started yeah well, but. it was the same with when you mentioned earlier, you mentioned an IT crowd episode and I thought I hadn't seen. Now, I loved the IT crowd and I was like, oh, I'll, go, oh, I'll have to watch. And I was sort of annoyed. I was like, oh, I didn't watch that one and I can't go back because of all the hate crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, not the hate crimes, but, you know, hate yeah, speech. It's horrible. It's so tough because, like, well, Daniel Radcliffe put a statement out saying the films still mean what they meant to you before. Like, they're still as important and as relevant so sort of ignore the message and look he it was much more eloquent than i was but well that's it there's got to be some nuance around it because regardless of what you think about her views on certain things she did create a magical world that helped a massive amount of children learn to read and absolutely discover the magic of fiction and all that stuff and it's, it's interesting because even even with its flaws it's brilliant and that's the thing there are loads of flaws to it and there are loads of yeah. like and it never even occurred to me until sort of uh, someone discussed it on Twitter about how Cho Chang, like I saw what the, Ch- the Chinese person pointed out, that's not a name in China. That's the equivalent yeah. of just going ping pong. Or, you know, it's just, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's just almost racist synonymous, you know, like just sounds. And it's like it wouldn't have even taken that long to just say, what's a Chinese, what's a common Chinese yeah. name? And you yeah, think, yeah. yeah, that's true. The one Asian character just gave her a, a Chinese sounding name. Yeah. And yet, in China, it is, in spite of that, and I wonder if they change it or not, but in spite of that, it's huge everywhere, including China, you know, so even with its flaws, it's it's a sweet magic at the heart of it. Yeah. Uh, No pun intended. So (laughs) you've got to be able to strip that away and and keep some of it because it's... Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing about art as well, of any variety, is people always say that art is you know like it's subjective and its meaning is always subjective and even if the artist thinks it means a particular thing if it evokes a particular you know like thought process or emotion or anything in you Mm. that is what that piece of art means to you so we we should be able to view it sort of separately from the creator you know because their opinion of it doesn't really matter yeah I think so, and I think that's what some 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 artists struggle with. You know, the best artists are the ones who let you do that. You know, and don't yeah. and don't try and put. It. I hate when you go to an art gallery and they've got like an essay next to it telling you why it's interesting. Yeah. It's like if you can't get me without the essay, mate, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Show don't tell sort of thing. So yes, it, it's pub- art is public domain. That is it. You're right. Yeah. So good. We can still like Woody you've, Allen. You've stand got to up. be able to. Like, I know a comedian. Do you know that guy who is a very funny comedian, a good friend of mine, Aaron Simmons? Yeah. Uh, really funny comedian. And he is, was obsessed with Harry Potter. And he used to listen to it every night as a pod, as the, the, the audio oh, really? books yeah. go to sleep. And he stopped doing that during that time. And, and that was interesting to me. And I, I, I could see why he did it. But I was thinking, if it's such a precious part of you. Yeah. If it means that much to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, people still listen to Wagner. And he was a cunt, famously. Was it? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So many. Well, just so many were. I think there's a whole podcast that's off the back of that, isn't there? What's that podcast that's like that Russell? Um, one of the Russells does. Uh, oh, think... Evil Genius. Yes, it's a great. Podcast. Yeah, Russell Kane. Yeah, it's really good. But that's never going to run out of potential no. episodes. 
the idea Absolutely. being that they find <laughs> someone who from history turns out is actually a dickhead and yeah. it's just it's endless because they will always be arseholes. Yeah, well, I think m- more in the past as well, when we used to uh, yeah. let people get away with it a bit more. But yeah. Uh, well, and in some scenarios, uh, you know, particular character traits were encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. We all sort of romanticised as well, the difficult yeah. divas and this kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was interesting just because it came up on... Do you, do you watch Gogglebox? No. Okay, I rec- thoroughly recommend it as a way of keeping your tab on the zeitgeist of TV. Yeah, you don't have to watch any mainstream TV, but you can watch Gogglebox and know exactly what's going on in mainstream TV. It's very good. Oh, okay, interesting. And it's a good way to keep up with you know everyone. Stop, <laughs> yeah. stop talking, John. Got right. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, and so I just had a series of mini strokes, and you did nothing about that. Okay, um, <laughs> I could do very little. Yeah, you could. Talk I've, I've, I've dialed the ambulance. Alexa, type <laughs> yeah. on uh, the um, the. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember what I was fucking talking about now. What was I talking about? I genuinely uh, gogglebox. Gogglebox. Yes, they covered they covered in it uh, a, a, an episode of fa- an old cooking show, Fanny Craddock making Christmas pudding. Right. Fanny Craddock, I was only re- uh, aware of through the saying, "Oh, who do you think you are, Fanny Craddock?" You know. So yeah. I didn't actually know who it was. It turns out it was like a precursor to to Nigella and Delia. It was the original here's how you'd be a good housewife and cook kind of lady on TV right. in the 60s. And she was a frightening looking woman. She had no eyebrows and she'd drawn them on and she'd way too much makeup and was, and was very aggressive with Crikey. her assistant. And I was thinking, this woman was famous. How did this woman become like... And I looked her up and it's fucking nuts. And I, because I vaguely remember a story about her, uh, her son and her getting, uh, and it, yeah, she was so, she was this sort of housewife, but behind closed doors was this terrible uh, mother whose fat flat was apparently filthy and her son was like beaten and left in there and then she would go on tv and teach people how to be the perfect whatever and apparently oh, it's a totally open secret and i was like how did everyone like being nice just wasn't an option it's then like yeah every single person you hear about even the ones who are famously nice are just bastards from a sort of 80s precursor to uh before yeah. pre-internet eh? do what the fuck you liked yeah 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 <laughs> you get caught up for it now that's, the, that's what yeah. I like, yeah. And it's the the good side of cancel culture, is that at least yeah, there, and there certainly is a good side because the, there's a hell of a lot of arguments at the minute saying like, oh, it shouldn't exist. Like, yeah, but it really should though, because like especially with and again, like this is a like I've I've got to go to the toilet in a minute, so uh, we, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go for too long, but I keep seeing people say. Because you know, like the 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 story at the moment is Trump has been banned from social media and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and everyone's saying, "Oh, but what about free speech? He should be allowed free speech." And the point is that he should be stopped from inciting violence, from t- telling his followers, "Go and fight these people." Yeah. Because yeah, you've got the right to say that, but people have got the right to say, "I don't want you to say that on my platform." I think it's perfectly okay to be honest. Of and course. if you're going to be such a because they're not just like someone that said oh I, I met a black guy the other day and he wasn't very nice you know like people are going oh you can't say that anymore. well of course you can yeah. it's irrelevant that he was black but you know you can say it and like you're not going to get kicked off of social media for that you are going to get kicked off of social media for asking millions of people to <laughs> to become violent and it's not like he hasn't had uh, a warning here or there from twitter yeah. as well do you know what i mean like he's had yeah. plenty of chances and like you said, it's a it's a private company, right? It's a it's a private platform. It's not yeah. it's not an, a, a god given right that you uh, yeah. everyone should be given a Twitter account. And that's yeah, a... this is this is the thing about like when you see someone like 
you know, I'm sure you and I have both got friends on Facebook who are occasionally a bit mad, but we like them, so we keep them around, you know? Yeah, yeah. That sort of yeah, situation. Yeah, those. And I see them, and they'll say, you know, like, it's, it's dangerous, the situation that we're put in. And I'm like, just don't be an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Surely that's the... It's the, not hard. The point, isn't it? Like, you know, just don't don't hate people for the sake of... For, well, for no reason. Because there, there are people sort of kicking off about various people and it's okay because they are terrible people and it's widely agreed that they are terrible people we shouldn't be bullying people obviously but you know it's yeah it's a minefield and it's a difficult subject but stop stop being an arsehole (laughs) it's definitely you know it's 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 a, it's a part of human nature to do the old lynch mob pylon where you get them up together and sort of thing and, yeah. and, and anyone from it seemingly from any side of society can can be swept along in that left right or whatever everyone loves a good moral outrage let's get together and yeah. attack someone so it i think it is bad when it becomes that situation where people end up you know losing their jobs and, and quitting yeah, yeah, committing yeah. suicide and all that sort of thing but like you said it, it's so seldom that it's like totally mistaken identity you know yeah. <laughs> you know it can happen but i, I do just, feel I just... for, I, I, what i feel for is the people because that just get caught up in total rumor mill like there's not many yeah. it, i think it will ho- hopefully become a thing of the past as trump goes or, or as we start cracking down on things like the q and on stuff but i really felt for these celebrities that got accused of of like pedophilia because of the pizzagate scandal you know I mean, did you yeah. hear about that yeah yeah because because a lot of them were like people like chrissy Teigen, who i don't really know her but as far as i'm aware she's a pretty she, you know inoffensive yeah. TV presenter who presents yeah, yeah. is a psychic on a Trump. show called Lip Sync Battle or something. Yeah, I can't imagine why she came in for it, but just without any claims or whatever, you know, she she just got all of this abuse and these people, all of her faces, you effing paedophile, you've did because because of no evidence, because of just yeah. someone had put together a flimsy bit of uh, photoshopping to say, look, she she talks about pizza, and that's what more evidence do you need. And ruin this poor woman's life, you know, accusing her of the worst thing possible, and so that can happen. I, uh, it's interesting what's going on at the moment with Army Hammer. Did you see that? No, I didn't know. So, do you know who that is? I've heard the name. He's the guy who was the Winklevoss twins in the Social ex- Social Network film, the Facebook right, film. Right. Okay. And he's been in a few other things. He's he's, a, he's an American actor who who's a, from an oil tycoon family, I think it is. And uh, so he's a very rich background, and he's a bit he's known for being a bit of a knob and a bit hateable. But as far as I'm aware, that's where it ends. But there's he's dms that have come up you know someone screenshot dms of right. him saying the most outrageous things like i want to f you this way and i want to i want to hold your heart in my hands i think i'm a cannibal and just like oh, really bizarre stuff and people are like writing him off and then other people are going you, this isn't real you know that right this is just someone's put this together and other people yeah. are going well it is real and it's because we're in the position we're in the moment now where we don't know yeah my guess would be it's probably fake because I can't imagine someone with his profile being stupid enough to, even if they were a cannibal, admit it on a yeah, DM yeah, yeah. to someone. But let's say it is real. We just don't know yet. But in this point, people's Twitter tweets are already funny at the moment because all of their tweets are like, I don't care if it's real or not. It's fucked up. And I don't know like why. <laughs> <laughs> and that can, and we've all been that person where sometimes you just get swept up in the emotion of hating someone because you're like, yes, yeah, are we hating him? Yeah, fuck it. And it can really aid that. But for the most part, when the dust settles, uh, and we get to the heart of it. Council culture, if used correctly, is a necessity given how yeah. easy it is to become famous now when you're a twat. It seems. Yeah, I, I just remembered why I started bringing it up about social media mm. because quite often those people 
will be blocked by someone else and they'll go they'll go into a status and they'll be like oh i was just saying so and so and i was telling facts about lizards running the country yeah. and and they went and blocked me like oh it's my free speech i've got free speech i should be allowed to say it and it it goes back to the quote that i just like to think back on all the time is you have got every right to say whatever you want but you don't have the right to make us hear it Yes, that's a very good way of putting it succinctly, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Shout it into the void as much as you want, but we've got the right not to listen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Are you, are you desperate for a wee, matey? Uh, sorry, I was actually uh, I was actually scratching, uh, but oh, no. I, I'm, I'm not far off of that particular scenario. Sorry, that got so deep at the end. I think that's a lovely bit of conversation, though. Uh, well, I, I do worry with these the podcasts that I'm so beholden to what mood I was in at the time. And uh, yeah. I just finished work and um, uh, a sort of series of tedious email exchanges and, and, and then oh, getting yeah. this. And I'm worried that this is basically <laughs> ranting at you about bullshit rather than being yeah. entertaining. Well, but let it be go. known, regardless of what has happened during this last hour and a half, John Long is a lovely man. <laughs> Don't judge him. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're actually oh, one no. of the first people that I met through comedy. Is it really? Yes, yeah. that must be, that's true. Yeah, we met very early days, didn't we? What, yeah. And you, you're one of the few people who's still going who remembers me pre-quitting drinking. Yeah, because one of your... I, I loved a, a joke that you used to do when you you were talking about like how you like a little drink and then you pull out a tiny bottle of wine. Yeah, a little, a, a little uh, Jack Daniels miniature or something. Yeah, yeah. which was a, a lovely little prop-based joke. But, Have a little uh, drink. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do that now, of course. Well, you suppose, I suppose they have those little mini stubby Heineken 0.0s. I could do that. Yeah. Re- you, uh, you did the reverse Jesus as well. That, yes, that was it, you see. Because that was all true. So I was living in flat shares. And as an alcoholic, when you run out of booze in the middle of the night, you just go and steal it off your mates. And then you're too yeah. drunk to do anything, you know, to, to, to think of any logical way to get out of it. So you just think, just fill it up with water. Don't worry. There's no consequences <laughs> when you're that drunk. Yeah, but I do remember that it genuinely came about because there was a party where they they all broke out. They said, "Let's make some cocktails." <laughs> and one by one, they were like, "There's no fucking alcohol here." It's like a prop, oh, it like a prop cocktail cupboard. That is funny, but uh, I loved your comedy then. I I love it even more now. Oh, uh, you're very sweet, matey. We yours consistently just stayed as good as it was, and got, well, got better. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'd, I'd like to hope that I have improved. Yes, of course you have, matey. We all have got a bad way back then. You were always good, but oh, I was very, um, very much. all over the place back then. Very dependent on how many drinks I'd had. Yeah. But there yeah. you go. I do remember so. quite towards the end where I just, uh, I remember one time sat next to you at a, a gig and uh, filling up a, a Coke I'd just bought with like a bottle of gin from a pocket and you being like, oh, okay. Yeah. You want to I, slow, uh, slow down I, I remember that. That was it, uh, Dirty Dicks, actually. Yeah, yeah mentioned. Because you're like, you're already quite drunk, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there you go. There you go. Hey, you've, you've sorted yourself out. You got Six years sober, uh, mate. That's yeah. how we've known each other. That's incredible. Yeah. So it must you've, have been uh, about seven years we've known each other. Yes, well, uh, I could have been doing comedy seven years in March. Yes. Mine's gone, just gone seven years, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Wonderful. So pretty much from the start. I know, God. Yeah. Oh, I don't know when the next time I'll fucking get to gig with you, but hopefully soon. No. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully. I'll be coming out to Southend because my mate, as I said, from back home, has just bought a house there. Oh yeah, lovely. Yeah. So I'm going to go for a weekend in the seaside when, as soon as I'm feasibly allowed to. So yes. I'll, I'll mention it when yeah. I do. Let me know, and I'll, uh, I'll go for I'll a tea in bring, person. Bring your tea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. we'll drink a tea at a, a village fete. 
Yeah, I, I know just the T for it actually. <laughs> Does that count um, as a callback? Absolutely, that's Yay. a perfect callback. Well done. Yeah, really redeemed yourself. Just recording. On that shocker from earlier. <laughs> oh shit! I've not started yet. Have you, Hello have, and welcome you to. Done a <laughs> Yeah. What are your social media channels where people can follow you? It is all at John Long Stand Up, and John is spelt J O N. Yes. I'm awkward. Uh, but John Long Stand Up, and that's mainly on Instagram, but a bit of Facebook and Twitter as well. Yeah. But it's all under You've that. You've got a good oh, actually, presence on Instagram. It's not just that I've got the best presence there, really. I think I've got more on Twitter, but I just prefer Instagram in terms of there seems to be less of a toxic environment that I can yeah. see. Or I like it, it. It's better at blocking those people out anyway. I've not seen them as Yes. Well. I would say it's harder to just randomly post. Awful, awful opinions. On yeah, the, on I'm sure that will change because Twitter. Twitter used to be a beautiful place full of, uh, you know, prom- yeah. positivity. Maybe I'm, maybe it's just the nostalgic feeling and it's giving me rose tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah. But it certainly felt like there was a less arsehole. Rose tinted glasses to go with your rose tinted tea. Perfect. Look at that. Full circle. Oh, man, I should be getting paid by Wittards. You definitely should in more than just tea. Yeah. Yeah. Love also. Yeah. I'll yeah. pay your mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Long, it's been an absolute pleasure. I am going to have to go to the toilet. Do it, mate. We've been drinking lots of tea. Yes. For a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, this has been so nice because it's been ages since I've seen you. I know, you, it's been uh, too long. I hope like I, I say, you're. Soon. Oh, do you know what? Bringing up early days of comedy, of course. Yes. You, very early on, and I talk about it all the time, uh, had one of my favourite bits of uh, audience banter, if you can call it that. Uh, do you remember that gig in Edinburgh that was, uh, was Peter Baisley sitting by a bench crying? Yes, I like, do, I do, I do, I do. And it was a whole improvised thing. And yes. a woman turned up with an owl on her shoulder. And yes. uh, like f- you yeah. said something along the lines of, it's the first time I've ever done a gig to an owl. And the owl turned around and you said, uh, I can't remember what it was now, but it was like, it's it beautiful and it's so beautifully worded. It's just oh, so I don't much. remember. I I didn't remember. I've totally forgotten that. That's the kind of thing you should remember. That time when an owl turned up to a gig. But yeah. I think you might have been drinking at the time, so I don't remember much of of, yeah. of that Edinburgh. If I'm being honest, I think, but I, thinking about it, I think you may have said something like, "No, don't turn around. It's you." Don't look around. Look at me. Look at me. I do vaguely yeah. remember going, you know, don't look at them for help. Look at me or something. I can't remember what it was now either. But I do, I do vaguely remember something about a, a 360 neck joke in there. But um, yeah. God, yeah, that's an interesting gig. What an odd yeah. uh, scenario that was. Crying by that a bench, of course, didn't yeah. he? Yes. Every day on a different bench. So he, he was deliberately trying to make a gig that was the hardest to market ever. So he would never yeah. specify which bench it was, and the bench moved every day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, at one point, Stuart Lee and uh, Bridget Christie were watching. They, yeah, they stopped, and Stuart Lee's kids wanted to watch Mawan Rizwam, who was on. Yeah. Who's now, you know, big star. Yeah, Taskmaster uh, Famous. Taskmaster fame, Jonathan Ross show fame. He was yeah. there, and, and they stopped, and he did a bit with them. And afterwards, he was like, "That was so funny when those kids stopped by." And I was like, "Did you see who their mum was?" I went, "No, I didn't look up at them." I was like, "That was Bridget <laughs> Christie." Like, "Fuck, I love her." Oh uh, man, oh, I miss those days. Yeah. Oh well, that was they, uh, um, that was my seventeenth gig. Gosh, was it really? Yes, I yeah. remember that Edinburgh being you and not long started. That was fun. Yeah. What I can remember of it, it was fucking yeah. hectic though. That took a toll yeah. on me. That Edinburgh. Yeah, I never that was you and uh, you, you, Hugo Mallard, and the uh, the, the late, the late great, great Richard. Yeah, Mill, uh, how sad was that news? Richard, Richard. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yes. What was his? He was he was Harry Eldritch. He went. He was real name was Richard Hurley, but he, yeah, he, he it, made yeah. an anagram of his name, <laughs> yeah. Richard Eldritch. 
And he was an incredibly sweet, lovely man who would do a very aggressive acerbic. Oh, it was so aggressive. It used uh, to scare the life out of me. Best dressed comedian ever, though. But what was really yeah. interesting was we would both go out. We would all go flying together. It was a triple bill. And Hugo was a character act. And he was dressed in a kind of barber jacket. And he was his character was a aristocracy kind of guy. And so he was dressed in these clothes. And all these old ladies loved the way he was dressed. So they would come really? over and go, oh, hello, dear. What's this show for? And he would get he would sell get so many flyers to them and get them in so our audience he would go on first and they would love him you know his jesus worcester style character and then i had to introduce harry to them and he would (laughs) and he he would end his set by going do you want a knob gag do you do you want a knob gag i'll give you a knob and then throwing this this sort of dildo cum ball cock gag thing that you put in your mouth at them a really aggressive prop gag and I remember one time him hitting an old lady in the head with it and it just thinking, what am I doing? It's 12.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm watching a diabetic, aggressive gay man for dildos at pensioners. But I mean, that's what comedy is. Yeah. And if heart, there's ever a better story to end a podcast on. I know. Hey, rest in peace. What a man, eh? Yeah. What a lovely guy. What a shame. It was. But he was, I tell you what, he, um, he fit a lot in. So um, he did. Yeah. He, he did a lot with it. So yes. yeah. yeah, good man. All right, fella. Good man. Right, it's love to see you, mate. And really uh, I'll you. I'll see you soon. We'll do this in, again in person uh, when when we're allowed. Oh, absolutely. That would be great, mate. And I will. Uh, you can give me some branded mugs or something. Yes, absolutely. Some bamboo yeah, like, socks. Uh, like this guy. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. I was talking hypothetically, yeah. but you, you were yeah. ahead of me. Uh, Lovely. Oh yeah. No, my my wife bought me those. Oh, she's a winner. That blank. Absolutely. I, I uh, no, but yes. tell tell Mrs. Dees I said uh, hi. I will. Yeah, she's just come down. She, she, she don't. She don't. John, John, John Mug says hi. Oh shit. She said hello. Hello. She can't hear me. You've got headphones in. No. Uh, um. But yes. But uh, I've I've got guys in the toilet. Go away. Um, yes, I will. Hold you up. All yeah. right, matey. Good well, thanks to see so much for coming on, man. Me. Yeah. Th- thanks, mate. See you soon. Let's, we're Bye. waving to each other for the listeners. We'll wave. <laughs> See you later, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye. So that was John Long, a really lovely guy. I'm sure you will all agree. Very glad to be friends with him. And I hope I get to see him soon. Don't forget to go and check him out on social media. It's John Long Stand Up. That is just J-O-N Long Stand Up. Go and search for him anywhere. But particularly, as he points out, Instagram is he's good on there. Go and check me out. They're just outside Eve's. Side Eves anywhere, sideeves.com, all of that malarkey, although I'm updating the website at the minute, so it's still old and uh, needs updating. As I said at the start, in regards to donations, don't feel like you have to, but if you can, I'd really appreciate it because it, it, you know, it takes up a lot of my time and it would be nice to have some level of remuneration, but absolutely no pressure. You don't, you don't have to, but if you want to, if you can, if you think, I've got too much money, send some my way because you can... Help me buy gifts for my beautiful wife, who is uh, the most generous woman I've ever known. And I, I'd like to be able to pay her back. So help me buy her gifts and send me your cash. Don't forget to like, subscribe, drop us a five-star review, all that sort of thing. You can find us on anywhere. Well, you found the episode, so you know where to get it. But yeah, just head on over to iTunes or go and follow us at, at Tea Party Pod. That is the first Tea Party Pod on all of the social medias. Just go and find us. You'll, you'll find us. Facebook.com forward slash TeaPartyPod. Twitter.com TeaPartyPod. It's, it's all TeaPartyPod. You'll find us. Thanks very much for listening. It's been really, really lovely. Please feel free to get in touch because I love hearing from you. 
it's it's really nice and especially one congratulations from you because i got married and that's good so anyway until the next time i see you i won't see you would i really because it's uh, this is an audio medium but i'll, I'll hear well i won't even hear you you'll hear me next time until the next time you hear me keep drinking tea be good to each other stay indoors save lives nhs face space i don't know be good i love you bye <laughs>